the voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Davo. Well, it's hard to believe it, but here we are, just a mere, what, 70 hours or so away from opening day as we record this on Thursday evening, the final day of March, the 31st, 2016. Another edition of your dish on Clubhouse Conversation, kicking off the 2016 season with our annual preview where we look at the entire AL Central. We'll break it down one through five in our opinion. And of course, talk about the Royals. And when I say our, I mean we're joined by Clubhouse Conversation Insider. This man has been out in Surprise, Arizona for, what, 10 to 14 days now following the Royals out there. Our insider, Jake Lutz, joins us from Surprise. How's everything going out there, man? Davo, it's great. The weather has just been beautiful, and uh, we're ready to go. We're ready to get the season started. Yeah, it's not too bad here in uh, in KC either, as you knew a couple weeks ago. But you'll be back here flying out tomorrow. Uh, I'm sure you're very sad that you're missing these uh, big exhibition games there at Chase Field, right in Phoenix. Yes, yeah, they're going to be playing right there in downtown Phoenix, and uh, yeah, I'll be heading back tomorrow. And um, I think the guys are ready though to, for these games to start count. You know, we're getting to that stage of the uh, spring training. Yeah, absolutely. Well, overall, Jake, I mean, I don't. to be honest with you, I'll be 100% honest, I don't even know the Royals' record right now. I don't care about the Royals' record in spring training. I know they're, I'm guessing, what, five below 500? Do you even know what the hell their record is right now? I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't find it relevant in spring training. I look more at individual guys. I look at the health of the overall ball club, and I think the Royals have almost become close to a veteran ball club where we know that these guys know how to get ready for the season. They're they're confident. They're ready to go. I mean, how would you assess uh, an overall view of just the spring training alone from what you've seen while you've been out there? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, the, the record is nothing really to look at for as far as what's actually going on on the field. The guys really, you know, they take it like a business approach now where these guys are there to, you know, get their work in, get their at-bats, and just get ready for the season. And honestly, they just they're a confident group like they have been in the past. And um, at this point of spring training, they're they're ready to get started. And um, as far as you know, everyone besides Dyson's injury, really, and you know the little problem with Ian Kennedy um, yesterday. But other than that, there hasn't really been much. You know, everyone's healthy, and um, which that's really all you can ask from spring training. Yeah, I mean, outside of we should we should probably mention Tim Collins as well. But I mean, he wasn't ex- yes. he wasn't expected to open the the season in Kansas City. He was probably more right. of a, a mid May edition, and that's a tough break for Timmy. I know, still so young, so hopefully he'll be back from this. You know, decent chance his his time with the Royals may have closed, which is too bad. But uh, you know, yeah. But I'm with you. Outside of that, you know, Dyson. Luckily, uh, the injury happened so early in camp, where you know mm-hmm. he's now bypassing extended, coming with the team to KC. They'll leave on Saturday morning. Uh, will the regulars? Uh, to get here to Kansas City before opening day, obviously. That last exhibition game will be played by the minor league guys. It'll be a thrill uh, for them out there. I guess Ventura will will stay back and pitch as well, Jake. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, you look at the at the team outside of Dyson early on and the, uh, the Kennedy hamstring, you know, what what are you, about 10% worried about that? I know he's been saying that it's nothing compared to the hamstring that, that you know, really lost a good portion of the season last year. I mean, where's your concern on a 1-10 to 10 level with this hamstring right now? It's pretty well, I would say probably around a two or a three, because, you know, initially when it happened, and you think about the injury that he had last year, of course, that's the first thing you think is, here we go again. This could be, you know, cause some problems. But um, luckily, he says that he is fine. He's going to be good to go. He should be good to go Tuesday for the start. And, um, you know, I think we'll find out a lot more about whether it actually is a concern or not on Tuesday. But um, I, I, I'm not too concerned about it. I think the Ian Kennedy will be just fine. I think it was more of just a precautionary thing. 
And one other thing we'll get into, because I want to save most of the Royals' talk for the end. We're going to go through uh, East Team and AL Central. But one other question, and Jake, this kind of just you know tells you how far we've come. Uh, the Royals, you know, as an organization, and hearing from Royals fans and pundits, where now the talk has gone from. You know, who's going to bat cleanup this year? Who's going to bat six? You know, in the past, there were, there were years we had no idea who did cleanup. We had no idea who would be in the freaking lineup, you know, realistically, you know, five, six, seven, ten years ago. But you look at the team now, I mean, coming into spring training, I mean, barring entries, we discussed, I mean, pretty much everything was was pretty much sewed up. I mean, you had the right field issue mm-hmm. and maybe the backup catcher you could talk about and a couple bullpen spots and, and maybe with Omar Infante be able to hold off Cologne. But there weren't too many major competitions or storylines going on but amongst Royals faithful which I kind you know find kind of funny it's refreshing too because Royals fans have become so knowledgeable they know the 25th guy on the team it's funny Jake hearing you know the, the various arguments for Terrence Gore making the team or is the 25th guy or Whit Merrifield a guy that's very very popular amongst many of the our you know us farm uh, club geeks who follow the Royals minor leagues and I know the Royals sent Cody Decker back down uh, this evening but I mean I guess let's ask you it Pretty much seems like it's coming down as far as position players goes for that 25th until Dyson comes back. We've got, you know, most likely either Terrence Gore, Whit Merrifield. What do you think? Um, You know, there hasn't been an official announcement yet from the team, but my guess is it's going to be Terrence Gore just because, you know, he's on the 40-man roster and um, Whit Merrifield isn't. So that's, I mean, that's basically what it comes down to here. I think they like the idea of using him off the bench, you know, because Terrence Gore, I think, is – you know, it's great that Wick can play all those different positions. He's had a great spring. He's swung the bat really well. Um, but Terrence Gore, I think he's – honestly, he may be more valuable for you here in April because he can come off the bench and win you a game with his legs. Yeah. So I think that's what they like, and the fact that he's on the 40 also really helps him out here. Well, correct. Not having to lose that guy, moving him off the 40 for – you know, hopefully only a week or two of whatever that 25th man is. I know I say hopefully because you want Dyson back first of all, but if it is Gore, you want him down getting at bats every day and hoping he can continue to progress a little bit. Did do a better job at, at drawing some walks last year. The plate discipline appeals better, you know, appears better for for Gore. So either way, I, I do think we'll probably see both Gore and most likely Merrifield throughout this year, Jake. But I would I would tend to agree with you that mm-hmm. most likely you would see Gore in that 25th role, and hopefully only for. What, maybe 10 games worth? I mean, they have so many off days the first week, and hopefully Dyson gets out on a rehab assignment uh, within two weeks, if not much less than that. Once uh, the seasons get going, I think April 8th or so is when the minor league seasons begin for Omaha and Northwest Arkansas. All right, Jake, well, let's. Uh, you ready to go through the, the entire division here? Absolutely, yes, I'm ready. All right, let, let's kind of go with last year's system where we uh, kind of begin – uh, with the bottom of the division, and we'll each mm-hmm. tell who we have in fifth place. Jake, I, I, right now I've got the Detroit Tigers in last place, which is not something that a lot of the, the pundits, a lot of people think they're going to be like a 500 team. I've got them at 74 and 88, Jake, and I've got fourth place, the Minnesota Twins, 77 and 85. So 74 wins for Detroit in fifth. Fourth place, the Twins with 77. What do you have in that 4-5 slot? We're pretty similar, just just flopped there. I've got the Twins finishing in last place with a 75 and 87 record, and I've got the Tigers in fourth at 78 and 84. Okay, well, which one should we begin with? Should we start in the Detroit or Minnesota first? Your call, Jake. Um, we can let's talk about the Twins first. We'll talk about the we'll, Twins we'll first. Save Detroit for a few minutes. You later. get the coin flip. You're the you're the visiting team. You're in surprise right now. I'm Kansas City, so <laughs> you, you get the call. <laughs> so the Minnesota Twins, Jake. Um, let, let's go. This is an interesting team because. The thing about them that really is kind of fun and funny is, is you say, well, they, they had a really good year. They exceeded expectations in 2015, had a really nice year, huge year, and 
And, you know, they should, their fans should be excited. The club should be excited, and they were definitely a nice story. They were in, you know, the race until the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks of the season. But, Jake, the, the thing is, even with all that said, with exceeding expectations, the Twins won just 83 games last year. So, I mean, they had what we would consider a great year for the Royals, you know, mid-2000s, even late, you know, 2009, 2011. You know, 83 wins would be a nice season. But in the grand scheme, Jake, here's what I see. You know, they, they didn't add too much to that team. I know they're banking on their core. I mean, they did add uh, the one guy they believe could hit 30 home runs this year in Young-Ho Park, who comes over uh, after hitting Mm -hmm. over 50 bombs, which is impressive in Korea the last couple years, although I believe Korea is more of a double-A, triple-A as far as pitching talent goes. But they add him, Jake, and I mean, you got some big prospects there. I know you've been real high for a couple years now on Byron Buxton, who could be a rookie of the year candidate. You've got Miguel Sano, a big, you know, crushing guy and Maurer, Dozier, Plouffe, Escobar, solid core. Let's start with their offense. What are your, what are your kind of your thoughts on that lineup? Well, you know, they, they hit really, you know, they didn't really hit for average actually at all last year, but they did have some pop. And uh, those guys you just mentioned, um, Buxton's a guy to watch this year. He wasn't healthy the full year last year, wasn't up the full year either. And uh, he definitely is a guy who has rookie of the year potential. Um, so no, is a power guy who also strikes out a lot. You know, Dozier had a great year last year as far as hitting for power. So they, they've got some guys who can hit. But like you said, it, it's almost the feeling that they kind of overachieved um, as an offense as a whole last year. And um, it'll just be interesting. They're kind of – I think they're almost the most mysterious team in this division because I'm not really sure what to think of what they did last year on the field. Yeah. I, um, you know, yeah, well, sorry, Mark yeah. could, could help out as, as uh, you know, they, they brought him in. And um, he had a really good spring, but it'll be interesting to see how he does at the major league level. I don't think he's going to hit 50 home runs. But even if he hits 20 or 25, that could, you know, seriously help that offense. So it'll be really interesting to see with their offense, what they do, how they respond compared to what they did last year, because they had a pretty good season overall. Agree on, on the whole mysterious thing. That's, that's actually a great, uh, a great point. I would put Chicago you know, next to them as far as mysterious and not mm-hmm. quite sure. But, yeah, Park, he, he could kind of solidify that lineup and, and reinforce what we saw last year, which was some nice power from some of those guys. Or he could potentially kind of bring that lineup down because you're going to have him in the middle of that lineup no matter what. So it'll be interesting to see what his addition does or doesn't do for the Twins. I mean, yeah, they've got a, a solid veteran you know, presence there with Maurer. It doesn't get, you know, there aren't too many guys better in baseball than Joe Maurer, and, and Dozier's a winner, and, you know, Plouffe's nice, seems to destroy the Royals some years, although not, not so much in recent years, but used to. Escobar, so, you know, it's fine. But the pitching to me, Jake, is is why I kind of am kind of like, meh. You know, I think they're, I still think they're better than Detroit. Um, but, you know, that rotation, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's okay, but to me it's a whole bunch of number three, number four guys in and the Royals, yeah. you, you could say the same thing about the Royals, which we'll get to later, but the Royals obviously make up for that in different ways. But you've got Irvin Santana, you've got Kyle Gibson, you know, Phil Hughes, and then after that, I mean, those three are, are not too bad. They're one, two, three, although they're all kind of number three starters. But after that, though, you've got mm-hmm. Ricky Nolasco, Tommy Malone, possibly. I know that Jose Barrios is their best pitching prospect that might be up. I mean, the bullpen's not bad with May and Perkins at the back end, but not so good to getting to them. What are your thoughts on their pitching? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the rotation. It's like a lot of number three starters and a lot of guys who really overachieved last year. I mean, honestly, the whole rotation was pretty good last year, and um, you know, even Tommy Malone actually had a pretty good season. So, it'll. I, I don't think that the rotation will be nearly as good. They just don't really have a true ace in that rotation, and it's nobody that really scares you at all. 
And um, as far as their as their bullpen, you know, the, the second half of the year for Perkins was a real struggle. He really struggled after the, he was lights out before the All Star break, and he was bad afterwards. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure what to think of that, but that's definitely a concern for them. He wasn't his dominant self. And uh, yeah, the rest, you know, Kevin Jepsen is the setup man. Trevor May is a decent piece in the bullpen, but overall, it's you know, it's a pretty mediocre pen and not one that really scares you. You know, when you're down by a run or two in the late inning. Yeah, and Perkins, of course, battled the injury there towards the end of lose the back. But, you know, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same thing with him. Can he keep up? You know, he was an all-star. Can he keep up what he's done as well? So there, to me, yeah, there's overall with the Twins, there's a lot of question marks. I'm with you, though, Jake. Uh, I, I mean, I've got them in fourth place. You've got them in fifth. We both have them around. I've got them 77. You have them at, what, 75, you said, wins? Yes, 75. So 70, so let's average it out. We have them at 76 wins. I, I don't, the ceiling of this team, Jake, I, I cannot see that team being more than 500. I think that's the absolute max. I don't I, see it I happening. But um, yeah, so that's the Twins. So let's move on to the Tigers. Now you've got Detroit in fourth. I've got them with 74 wins in fifth. How many wins do you have them with? 78 wins. Okay, so we'll average it out to 76 there again. Well, you look at, you know, <laughs> Detroit to me, I mean, Al Avila obviously was busy, Jake. First-year GM, I mean, look at him. He went out and got mm-hmm. Jordan Zimmerman, went out and got Mike Pelfrey. Um, you know, and you've got, obviously, a formidable offense to go along with that. Let's kind of start off with the, with the pitching staff there when you look at the Tigers. And the starting pitching is not too bad on paper. You, you get some sexy names there. Anibal Sanchez, Justin Verlander. You know, you get Zimmerman. You know, Pelfrey's been okay, but you know the, the back of that rotation is not great. And, and what are the odds, Jake, that we actually see those one through three healthy and each making thirty, let alone twenty-three starts this year each? I don't think very good. You know, with with the way Verlander, he only, he only threw one hundred and thirty-three innings last year, and um, there's a lot of concern with him as far as injuries. You know, as uh, last year was the first time he hadn't thrown two hundred innings since his rookie year back in two thousand six. So uh, it was, you know, they, they, that's something they've counted on in the past, and I just don't know how healthy he is at this point of his career with all the innings and pitches he's thrown. And um, you know, Annabelle Sanchez is, you know, a question mark. He was great two years ago. He, he was okay last year, um, but as, as far as he, he's had injury problems too. And uh, Zimmerman, you know, you never know how a guy's gonna. He's been pitching in the National League. You, you know, he's he's a nice piece, but you don't know how he's going to be over in the American League. So it's. It, they could, you know, if all three of those guys are healthy and if they all, you know, return to form, they could all of a sudden have a really good rotation. But I just, I don't see that happening. And the, the back end has got, you know, they've already, as far as their five starter right now, it's going to be green because Norris is hurt. And um, it, it's just, you know, they don't have any depth at all either. We've seen <laughs> the last couple of years they've had guys pitching that should not be in the major leagues having to start several games. Yeah. So um, there's not much depth there. And, yeah, I, I would definitely – there's definitely going to be, I think, injury problems again with this rotation. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure we'll we'll probably be seeing Boyd and Farmer, Jake, out there. Yes. <laughs> you know, I believe those guys are both still in the organization. <laughs> both of those guys, you know, could be seeing them out there starting some games. And you're right. I mean, it's not a team, you know, and maybe people say I'm harsh for picking them at 74 wins. It's not a team you should totally sleep on, you know, even from the rotation. Because like you said, Jake, I mean, if they're healthy – you know, if they're if they're healthy, and you throw back in Norris, and our thoughts are with him improving and getting back from you know, what he's the illness and, and the side injuries and stuff with that. You know, but you know if that's a, and they've got the money probably to go out and make a move. I'm not real familiar with their with their minor league system. I know they have given up quite a bit the last few years. You know, overall, I, I like where uh, you know uh, where they are if they're healthy. But otherwise, the bullpen, Jake. I mean. K Rod, I mean, I guess he's a formidable closer. I, again, some I'm not totally sold there. Mark Lowe, Justin Wilson. I mean, 
it, it, the bullpen's probably better, but is that saying a lot? No, I mean, I, I still probably have them as one of the top ten worst bullpens in baseball. I mean, they're not at least, I wouldn't list them as the worst this year, which is an improvement from past years. Um, but they've got, you know, guys even like Blaine Hardy in the pen, when those are one of your best guys back out there. It's just, um, I, you know, I like K-Rod, but, you know, he's, he's I, think, I think he's about done out of his prime. I mean, he had a good season last year. But he he hasn't really pitched for you know he's pitched for the Brewers hasn't been on a hasn't been in the playoffs since 2011 he hasn't pitched in really very meaningful games in a while and I just wonder you know he could be a nice piece as a closer but I, I'm not sold on him either I, it's still not a very good bullpen and definitely one that doesn't scare you when you're down late in games yeah Blaine Hardy of course the former Royals farmhand who never made it up to KC <laughs> you got some other one of those guys you know another guy that similar to me is Buddy Bauman who got the lefty who also got a major league deal this winter so so I do like Hardy I do like Bauman best of luck to them but getting back to the Detroit offense again much like their Rotation, very formidable if healthy, one through five. I mean, you do have a loss with Cespedes, although he wasn't there you know, last half of the year. But, I mean, Ghost and Maben, maybe platooning. I don't know what's going to happen with injuries and with all that. But, I mean, but you know, the big bats, you've got a very good second baseman in Kinsler, Cabrera if he's healthy, and the Martinez's if they're healthy. You know, I don't know. I mean, the offense, what, I mean, what do you think? If healthy, above average, but are, are they really going to score that many runs? It's hard to say. Yeah, if they're healthy, you know, yeah, they could. They're going to have some nights when they score a lot of runs. They've got a lot of power. Um, they also have a guys who strike out a lot. You know, Upton kind of contributes to that as well. But you wonder, yeah, about Cabrera, about Victor Martinez, about Upton. Can all these guys stay healthy all year? It, it's. I don't think it's very likely, especially with what happened last year. Um, again, but it's it's an if. If they all are healthy, they could be a decent lineup. Um, there's a lot of right-handers in that lineup. Seven right-handers, one lefty, and one switch hitter, which is good for us in our bullpen, obviously, uh, when we face them. But it, it's yeah, it's a lineup again. They could have some, they could have some power. I mean, certain nights they could put up a lot of runs, but it's it's. I just don't know if they're going to stay healthy or not, and that's a big if right there. Yeah, and Upton will be interesting in that lineup as well. That's a good point. But, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting because that's a team, like we mentioned, the Twins, we both agreed their ceiling, absolute ceiling, is probably 500 this year. And a lot of people in Minnesota would say, well, you're stupid. They won 83 last year with the same team and they added a bat. So I get that, but I just don't see it there. And with, with the Tigers, though, I do see more upside. I mean, I do think, you know, on the off chance they stay healthy, you know, they go make a big move to, get, to add a piece you know, that's a team that could potentially compete for the division, you know, if, if things completely fell. That's a team that could approach 90 wins, I suppose, if everything went exactly right, which I don't see with the Twins. Is that a fair statement, or am I overestimating a little bit? No, that's exactly what I think. If everything absolutely goes right for this Tigers team, you know, they, they could definitely be there competing for the division. But, you know, that's requiring, you know, a lot of guys who haven't been healthy in the past to not only stay healthy but also produce when they're healthy. And I, I just don't see that out of the rotation with Verlander and the guys in the, in the lineup. I just I see kind of a repeat of what happened last year. That's kind of you know the route I'm going with the Tigers again. I'm, I, I would bet on that over them actually being there and competing for the division. And of course, there is something to say about them being a veteran bunch and having a lot of experience, you know, winning that AL Central. Although a lot of those guys have started to slowly, as the years pass, move on from some of that big run they had there with those Tigers teams. Now, Jake, getting into third place, I'm pretty sure I believe you have the White Sox third, don't you? I do have the White Sox at third. Yes. Okay, I've got them at 82 and 80. What record do you have for them? That is exactly what I've got. Do you really? And 80. <laughs> okay. All right. the, well, the White Sox, Jake. So what a loud off-season, right? I mean, most recently, the Adam LaRoche situation, you know, so we've got, mm-hmm. the, we've got that recently. 
But I mean, even you know, and, and loud to Royals fans, Brett Laurie comes over, which should you know help add to an already decent rivalry. You know, you go back; they've all kind of hated each other. They've all been kind of obnoxious. Their fans attacking poor Tommy Gamboa, and you've got Chris Sale and Samarja trying to come over to the clubhouse mm-hmm. during a game, and those guys have been talking for a long time. So, I mean, you add in Laurie to that mix, that's going to make you know make for a nice rivalry, especially with the White Sox you know, potentially competing this year. And a guy that I like a lot, who I know a lot of the analytics guys don't, but I'm a big fan of Todd Frazier. I, you know, I like the home run ball, Jake. I like the big swing. I, I like Todd Frazier. I'm a fan. I, plus, he uses Frank Sinatra, Fly Me to the Moon, as his walk-up music. I mean, how can you not like a guy no, like that? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they also added Jimmy Rollins and Mr. Navarro. Um, so they have made some moves. Uh, they should be able to score some runs. I mean, Jose Abreu, one of the top bats in all of baseball, you know, Adam Eaton, a guy that I love at the top of that lineup. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always, you know, enjoyed watching him play. I mean, I don't like him because he is a damn good player and he's a handful. But, I mean, you've got those guys, you know, Eaton with, is a table setter. Some of those guys driving the baseball like your Abreus and your Frazier's and your Lorries. So the offense with the, with, the, uh, with the White Sox, Jake, I mean, your thoughts? I mean, they could have a great year. It's, it's interesting. They have a completely new infield pretty much except for Abreu. It's, it's crazy, you know, bringing in. Frazier at third, Lowry at second, Rollins at short, Avila catcher, and I've even got Austin Jackson in center field. Now it's it's gonna they're an offense that could you know it just a lot of it's gonna depend on the other guys. I I know Adam Eaton at the top of the order is great. I think Frazier and Abreu in the middle is pretty dangerous as well. And then but it's just a matter of what the other guys in the lineup do. Whether you know Melky Cabrera, well he had an okay year last year, really slow start, can he bounce back and have a good year? How much does he have left in the tank? Also, Garcia in right field, is he finally do for a breakout year because he's a guy who's supposed to be able to hit pretty well. And I uh, didn't have a bad year last year. So it's just, I think, also guys like Austin Jackson and Rollins, how much they have left in the tank, you know. I think it just depends on these parts around, you know, the top of their order, whether they can produce or not. But they could, you know, be a very good offense pretty dangerous in the middle of the order definitely and i know baseball is a very one-on-one individual centered sport and i know a lot of people because of that you know discount team chemistry and and, you know i think dayton moore and and the royals have kind of put some of those whispers to rest at least around these parts i mean you used to hear a lot of people mock dayton moore and ned yost as recently as a year and a half ago you know about who cares if they get along if they can't i don't care if he beats his you know whoever he puts the numbers up you know it doesn't matter if they get along and i think they've kind of put that to rest a little bit i mean you wonder with this clubhouse you know, going on with the whole situation, you know, a couple of weeks ago and, and all these new players coming and you've got supposedly some players backing Kenny Williams, some not. I mean, I don't know. I guess just st- sticking with overall team right now, well, you know, what do you think? I mean, is that going to affect this team? Will these all these new parts? Because, I mean, essentially it's an entire new offense, really. I mean, what, five, six new newcomers to that lineup. What do you think about that? Will that work? It's it's hard to say, you know, and, and chemistry, as we know, with our Royals team, how big it is. You know, they've been together through the minor leagues, this core group of guys has, and they've, you know, won together through there, and now, you know, have won a world championship at the major league level. It's it's hard to say when you bring in this many different guys and you got guys who are veterans, you got, you know, some young guys surrounding them. It, it's really tough to say, and sometimes I think that chemistry type thing can take, you know, a couple of years to really gel. So it, I, I don't know. That's, that's one of the reasons why I don't have this team at a little bit, you know, higher of a record because – Again, I could see if everything goes right, how they could be competing and be right there for the division. But, yeah, the team chemistry, as far as what's already happened in the clubhouse, there's already problems, and, you know, the season hasn't even started yet. That's not a good sign. 
And um, I just wonder how well these guys will gel, you know, on the field and, you know, off the field as well. So that, that's actually one of the reasons I, you know, didn't have them at the higher win total. And, you know, getting to the rotation and bullpen here, um, while we're on the topic of ceiling, I, I do think, I'm sure you agree, much like Detroit, I see this team with uh, maybe even a higher ceiling than Detroit. I, I said Detroit maybe 90, competing for the division if everything goes perfect. I, I think this White Sox team potentially, Jake, maybe even 92, 93, 94, if everything went right. You know, there are some question marks with the, with the rotation. I mean, Chris Sale, no doubt, one of the best five, ten, you know, five probably starting pitchers in all of baseball. Um, but, Absolutely, but you know, there's some questions with his build. Not, you know, not having a lot on him. He's had a small, not major, but some nagging injury type issues. I mean, I do like you know, Jake. They do have, in my opinion, the most underrated pitcher in the American League Central, perhaps in the entire American League. We've seen three years in a row of over 200 innings for Carlos Quintana. Nobody ever talks about him. He is a very good starting pitcher to go along with there. You got Carlos Rodon, who's obviously. A big time young arm, and the back of the of the rotation's got some guys. I mean, I don't know how I many. Your John Dinks has been there since like Carlton Fisk was catching, I believe. He's <laughs> you got Matt Latos possibly, you know, coming in there. I mean, uh, rotation wise, I mean, I do like their bullpen okay at the back end, especially not so much the middle guys. But David Robertson, you know, is legit. You know, if healthy and doing well. I mean, what what do you think of that that you know pitching staff? Um, it's it's an, kind of an interesting staff as well. You know, I mean, I've, Chris Sale, as you mentioned, one of the one of the top ten best starting pitchers in baseball, and I really like. I agree with you. I've been saying that too about Quintana. I think he's extremely underrated. He's been solid for the last few years, and I, I think a lot of their rotation is going to depend on how good uh, Radon is. In fact, you know, he's a good left lefty young arm, and um, has a lot of upside. It'll be interesting to see how he does. This will be his first full year in the rotation. And then, you know, I'm not big on Latos. You know, Danks, he pitches really well against the Royals, as we know. But uh, he, he's not very good other than that. So I'm not big on the rotation. I mean, I like Sale, but it's it's got a lot of question marks there, the 3, 4, and 5. And um, as far as their bullpen, you know, I, I don't hate the bullpen. You know, Robertson's a fine closer. Um, it, it's, it's not one that, I, again, really scares me. Um, but I, I think it's one of the better bullpens in this division. And just the rotation, though, again, it's – a lot of question marks there with three, four, and five. I'm just not sure what to think of. What those, I have no idea what they'll get out of those, uh, out of uh, Radon, Latos, and Danks. No, really, no, no clue what you're going to get out of them each night. And uh, speaking of Danks, Jake, let's see if you uh, know the answer to this trivia question. Do you know who Danks is married to? I do not. He is married to country singer Ashley Monroe, who has had quite a few really? singles. Yes. So there you go. You learned something today there. So Well, we can't tell you exactly go. what's going to happen. We, you know, there's a lot of question marks, especially with these three, four, five, or well, especially three and four. You know, but, you know, we, we can't tell you exactly that, but we can tell you who his wife is. So, you know, we got something to offer tonight <laughs> for sure here. Uh, now, Jake, moving into that second place, I'm assuming you have the Royals in first, right? I do, yeah. Okay, so a team, Jake, who I – I don't want to say I'm in love with his team. I, mean, I thought last year they would have a lot better year. They got out to the brutal start. We're talking, of course, about the Cleveland Indians. Got out to the brutal start. Had a lot of injuries. I, th- I thought that Jan Gomes injury really hurt them last year, the first couple of months there. And, you know, obviously later in the year, Brantley missed a good chunk of the year. Kipnis had some issues. Um, now, it, it, to me, it's, it's a dangerous, dangerous team. And I've got them with 88 wins. What do you have them? I have 88-74. I've got them at 89 and 73. Okay, so we both think they're going to be right there. I mean, you've got very good position players, Jake, but the heart and soul of that team, and speaking of underrated, you know, Quintana being an underrated individual, maybe 
And I guess a lot of the you know real baseball experts know how good that rotation is, but the average fan might not realize how good they are. I mean, this team strikes out more, you know, and the rotation misses more bats than anybody. And of course, you can miss bats. You know, you can get out of a lot of jams and, and and all that. So, I mean, you look at Corey Kluber. You got Danny Salazar, who's another one of the great young pitchers in the division. You've got Carlos Carrasco, when his head on straight can be really good. Interesting. I don't know if you saw this today. They moved Trevor Bauer to the bullpen today, which I did was see that. yeah, very very interesting. He's not happy at all, which is not shocking, knowing his character issues. And I'll go ahead and criticize his character when I see a guy getting on Twitter and blasting fans and making fun of fans <laughs> about how much money they make and his. You know, getting forced out of Arizona from his controversial YouTube videos and pitching methods. I mean, the guy that thinks he knows everything and an ERA north of four last year was okay. You know, kind of faltered down the stretch there. A guy that has the talent and potential, but you wonder about the head. But, I mean, you look at Kluber, Salazar, Carrasco, one through three, very solid. They will open with Josh Tomlin and Cody Anderson in the four or five spots. Uh, Bullpen-wise... This is what I think Jake will keep them from winning the Central, and I'll, I'll make it very easy why they won't. I mean, you've got some nice guys. You've got Shaw and McAllister. But, Jake, I read one fact that tells me they won't win the division, the fact that they opened the opening day roster with Jabba Chamberlain in that bullpen <laughs> tells me all I need to know. Now talk about their pitching staff. I had that same thing listed right here on my <laughs> my little scrap paper here about John. I couldn't believe that, actually, when I saw that he was going to make it. I mean... No, the, the, the bullpen has got some issues, definitely. I, I'm not even sold on Shaw and Allen in, in the back end. You know, I think they're okay, but I, it, nothing that really scares you again. As far as the rotation, though, yeah, it's it's the best in the division and one of the better ones in baseball. They're they're solid. I mean, it's it's a scary starting rotation, and it's, there's never there's never one guy that you're like, okay, you can really get excited about facing because they don't have that in the rotation, and that's not something you can really say about any other team in this division. So. I really like their pitching staff, and I, I'm with you, though. The bullpen is the one thing preventing them, I think, from not winning 90 games and not winning this division. And, you know, they've got the – whether you want to believe it or not, and, you know, we read the studies about managers. A good manager might win you three or four games a year. A bad one might lose you three or four, which I believe. You know, you got some of these guys that call on, like, the post-game show and claim that a manager loses 20 games a year, which I just laugh hysterically at because, you know, it probably legitimately <laughs> right. is three or four wins either way. But, I mean, they've got the, the it factor regardless of what you – you know, Tito Francona is a winner. Um, so they've got, they've got that going for them too. Now, offensively – Another guy I've fallen in love with, who on pretty much any other year, if there wasn't you know future Hall of Famer Carlos Correa around, would have won Rookie of the Year. You've got Francisco Lindor, one of the best young guys in the game, and and, and some injury prone guys there, Jake. We, while you know, I guess we got to be fair here. You know, we can't just say Cleveland's going to be second no matter what and have this great team when they do have some injury question marks as well. We talked about Detroit's lineup and in rotation and and some of the other guys, uh, you know, with the White Sox, but I mean. You know, Carlos Santana, I don't know how much is left in the tank there. I mean, but he's a veteran presence, a guy that can obviously walk with the best of them. You've got and, and, and drive the ball. You've got Jason Kipnis, a guy that we both like a lot that maybe some guys don't necessarily like that much. But, I mean, Michael Brantley hopefully will be healed up at some point by May, June, close to 100%. He's obviously one of the better players in the central when he is healthy. And like I said, Jan Gomes looks like he hopefully for them will be healthy. And you add guys like Uribe and Napoli in there. I mean, again, agree there's some, some question marks there, but some definite upside there. Yeah, and they, they did bring a lot of guys for death. You know, Napoli, Marlon Bird, you know, there's there's a lot of guys there. Even Rajai Davis is actually on their team this year. And um, it, it is it is concerning that they're starting, you know, season's about to start. And, you know, Brantley's going to start the season on the DL. 
Uh, Lonnie Chisenhall is going to start on the DL. So you, you kind of um, – but as far as I, – I love Kipnis and I love Lindor. I think they're both going to have big years. And I think Lindor is just an absolute star at shortstop. I mean, he is the real deal. So I think the, it's a lineup that, you know, I think they have a lot of depth. They've got a center field prospect probably going to be starting opening day at center field that a lot of people, you know, haven't really heard or seen unless you've been down in Arizona. But this kid – uh, his name's Tyler Naquin. He was their first-round pick from A&M. Uh, he's about 24 years old, and he's hitting 407 this spring. And I saw actually I, the game against Cleveland last week against the Royals. He hit two homers off Medlin. The first one went about 20 feet over the center field fence, and the second one <laughs> went all the way out of the stadium over the center field fence. <laughs> so he, so he's a guy who can. Uh, he's had a huge spring, and who knows? You know, you never know with spring in Arizona. But he's a guy who could definitely, definitely somebody to watch. He's going to be their center fielder at least for the start of the year. So it's it'll be interesting to, to see what their lineup does. You know, I wonder also though about guys like Santana. How much is actually left in the tank for him? Um, but they have a, it, but they've got a lot of depth and um, you know a better lineup than I think a lot of people give them credit for going into this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, a team that I have an 88 and 74. You've got them 89, 73. Ceiling on this team, Jake, 95 wins. Yeah, I think so, and then that's again, you know, if everything goes right, if everyone heals up, and if they really, they're, I think, offense is really going to have to overachieve in order to reach that mark. Yeah, well, and you've always got, like we mentioned earlier, the the, the un the unknown of who will get added for each of these teams, but as we see them now, this is where we have them. So, okay, so we've got Cleveland at eighty eight and eighty nine, respectively. I've got the Royals at ninety and seventy two, winning the division by two games and nail biter. How many wins do you have the Royals at? I've got them at 94 and 68. Wow. Wow. So I'm a hater here. You're the believer and I'm a hater. I've got us <laughs> with 90. I never thought a day where I you know, picked them winning. You told me two years ago or three years ago I'd be picking them to win 90 games with a straight face and somebody else is picking them 94. I would, you know, never would have believed it. So I'm hating Jake at 90 and you've got them at, <laughs> at 94. Let's go through the team that we obviously know by far the best of all these teams, and I guess we'll start with, with the offense and the lineup. It, I, I kind of want to start, Jake, in right field because we pretty much know, and everyone listening pretty much knows, what we have at every position. There's a couple guys. There's, there's a couple awards we're going to give, too, preseason awards, so I don't want to get too much into the individual guys until we get to that point. Um, but just kind of an overview of the offense, I kind of want to focus on right field. So Gerard Dyson, is he going to get Wally Pipp, Jake? I mean, he comes in as the everyday right fielder, according to Ned Yost, and, and then then it became, we'll go with the hot hand, but Orlando's kind of my guy, you know, between Orlando and Fuentes. And you're around the clubhouse a lot, you hear these things. But, I mean, now it's, you know, Raymond Fuentes seems to kind of become uh, the odds-on favorite to probably get that opening day start in right field. And a guy that's very, very interesting, you know, former first-round pick, just 25 years of age. I guess kind of talk broadly about the offense and, and Fuentes in particular. Well, with Fuentes, I mean, you talk about a guy who's seen an opportunity and gone after it. I mean, he had an opening, and he has just been on fire this spring. And there's everything that you like. There's nothing really not to like about the guy as far as what he does at the plate. I mean, He's hitting the ball to every single field. He goes with the pitch. You know, he's driving in runs. He's coming up clutch in situations. He's just he can run a little bit. He's a guy that he's a guy that fits in exactly. You know, with what the Royals do. I, you know, he's really taken advantage of, of the opportunity on right field. And overall, you know, it's just as far as what I've seen from the offense. I'm down here is um, it's it's just the guys guys are taking more professional bats, which you know we love to see. I've really been impressed actually with Salvador Perez. As far as he's had a lot of opposite field mm-hmm. hits, yep. 
and I think that's the key for him, you know, as far as obviously he needs to be more patient to play, which he has been this spring. Way off that high and, fastball. Uh, that's been, yeah, that's something that I've really, you know, and it's it's good to see him going the other way because when he goes the other way, if he starts doing that and he starts becoming more patient, there's, he's a guy who can hit 300. Yeah. And, and there's no reason why not. And um, Well, that might it, be a little hard. high. You think 300, really? I, I think so. I really? Mean, he's, seen, he's such a good contact guy that I just, I think, I think that's the only thing preventing him from being that type of hitter is his patience. Right. Right. Okay. Well, okay. I guess. I mean, a, a guy that yeah definitely can hit the gaps and hit the ball over the fence, especially when he's using that whole field. And that really you know stood out to me when he first came up was how he'd just rifle balls off the right center field wall. Like it was just like amazing when he first. I'll never forget that the first what whatever five six weeks it was the end of that year when he came up and it was just like wow. Like, this is the guy I've been watching since he was in Burlington, never saw any of this, and all of a sudden he just kept getting better. So I do think he's got a ceiling left on offense too, Jake. I think a number of these guys, I mean, we'll get more into this, but I see go around the go around the positions. I mean, catcher, upside there, agree? Yeah, absolutely. First, yeah, first base. I love what I, oh, sorry. Yeah, oh. Moose, again, you see him going off of the field a lot this spring, working on that, and just he just is, looks like, you know, he's picking up right where he left off from last year. He's just a more professional hitter. Uh, teams are still shifting on him, and he's still burning them to the left side. It'll be really interesting to see how many teams actually do that this year when he's up to play. Here's a better question for you, Jake. Rather than going position by position and asking upside, who on this everyday lineup doesn't have upside? Who is who they are? I mean, maybe Kendrick Morales is who he is. Maybe Alex Gordon is who mm-hmm. he is. I think there's still a little more upside in Kane. I don't think he's to his peak yet. I think there's definitely more in Hosmer. I think there's more in Moose. Escobar, is there a little bit more there? I would say probably so, considering how amazing he was in the postseason. It'll be interesting to see him leading off the whole year. I mean, really, for as veteran as the Royals are, I mean, there is still quite a bit of upside in a lot of these players. Absolutely, yeah. And Escobar is a guy you hope to see bounce back and have you know a solid year like he did in the postseason. And he's another guy who, again, patience is just... I don't mind him swinging at the first pitch a lot. That's that's fine of the game. But he's as far as you know, he's got to be more patient and selective in a lot of his bats and what he's looking at. Uh, he hasn't had the best spring, but he's again a guy. You, yeah, there's a lot outside there. There's a lot of things. Um, there, there's I think he can still be a pretty solid hitter, and I think he, I think we'll still see him have a much better year this year overall than he did in uh, 2015. We're talking to Clubhouse Conversation Insider Jake Lutz from Surprise. Still got a ways to go here, Jake. I love this. We're already almost 40 minutes in, and we still got a little bit more to go here. So moving on to the defensive side, not too much to say here. The Royals are the best defensive team in baseball. That's fact. There's no opinion. <laughs> That's, I don't know. There's nothing. No, there's, I mean, first of all, we don't have good enough defensive metrics to really measure such a thing. But my eyes and knowledge of, of baseball and people, other people's knowledge and the statistics you know, combined obviously make that a no contest. I, I just think this is such a good defensive team. I, I, now, one thing I wanted to ask you about, speaking of Fuentes, I have not seen him much in person, Jake. In fact, I did not make it a surprise. You've been out there. That's why I sent you out there. I did not make it a surprise this year. So, in person, I have not seen much defensively of Fuentes. I've heard the arm is iffy, and it's obviously interesting having a left-handed throwing right fielder. I guess DeJesus was briefly in right field. David Lowe was briefly in right field doing that. And it's not a huge deal, but, I mean, it's a little looks kind of different. I mean, as far though taking that aside, his actual arm and his actual defensive abilities, have you seen much out there that says anything either way, or is he just kind of meh? Is he good, bad? What do you think? He's a pretty average you know, outfielder. I mean, I would say below average for a right fielder because he, he does not have a good arm. And um, which, you know, you don't love to see that on right field. But I think as far as everything else, you know, he covers the ground pretty well, seems to read the ball pretty well. 
And, but as far as he's pretty much, you know, he doesn't, I would say Paulo Orlando is a, definitely a better outfielder in right field as far as defensively. And who knows, you know, if, if Fuentes does start, start games, you may see that switch late in the game, um, early in the year. But um, I, as far as, yeah, no, nothing too special about his, his fielding. That's about the only, the only thing I really disliked about him was his arm. It's, it's not a very good arm. And, it, and he's left-handed, which kind of, you know, we talked about this, kind of bothers us. Yeah, we have we have no real concrete reason why. It just it just bothers us. Just that extra tenth of a second sometimes turning on yeah. us, but it, it can also work in your favor. I guess it just depends where the ball's hit. But now getting uh, one other question about the defense. By the way, there's really only one other question to ask, and you probably know where I'm going with this. Second base, Omar Infante. You know, last year the arm was better. Uh, than we thought it was going to be, especially early in the year. I know he took care of the elbow issues over the winter. How does he look? I mean, defensively, is, is Infante look like? Because, I mean, he really was pretty steady and a lot better defensively than most people thought he was going to be last year. Have we seen a continuance and maybe even better defensively? Is he the same? How is he looking? I think we'll see more of the Omar Infante. You know, we saw this back in uh, 2014 as far as defensively. He looks just fine out there at second base, you know. He's not, you know, obviously being over there, he wasn't trying to, you know, gun the ball or show off his arm. But, you know, as far as a couple double plays, I've seen him turn down here. You know, he looks just fine. And I think you can expect, you know, honestly, I mean, we've talked about this too, but Omar Infante is a much better second baseman than Menzobras was. He has a lot more range. He has a better arm. He just has mechanics in general. And, um, I, you know, he's, he, I think he'll be solid this year at second. I'm not worried about his arm at all this year. 100% agree, and you mentioned two years ago. I, I mean, I actually thought Infante's arm was better than I, I expected last year, but you're right. The range, to me, was better a couple years ago, although you had that great play, speaking of Cleveland. It was in Cleveland, right? The flip to Escobar, I believe that was in Cleveland, mm-hmm. <laughs> on that great 4-6 play, which I, everyone loves. Um, the bullpen, you know, what is there to say? I mean, I, I think it's a better bullpen, Jake. I mean, I, I don't think anybody's talking enough about how big of an addition. Now, this particular gentleman's got to throw strikes, and he's got to be able to harness his emotions at time. But I don't think we or enough people are really realizing how big of an impact Danny Duffy and how much he will add. I mean, we all know about Davis. We all know about, you know, Soria bouncing back, having a great year and what he's got. We know about Herrera. We know about Ho Chaver. But, you know, talk a little bit about Danny Duffy and what he means to this bullpen. Well, it's huge having him out there. And, you know, Danny Duffy lives for this type of thing where he's amped up. And the bullpen role is honestly, I think, a better fit for him. And to have a you know a lefty coming out you know gunning at 96 out of the pen is is good. And you know you look at his spring training numbers, you're obviously going to be disappointed. But he's bad every year in spring training. He's just it just for some reason does not work for him. But I think he will be just fine in the uh, regular season. And I I think he's gonna it's gonna be great having him out there in the pen. He's um and I think he'll be the key for that bullpen. And it's one he definitely he's not getting talked about a lot. I think um. When you think about Duffy, you have Jose Restoria, Herrera Davis. It's just, it's almost not fair <laughs> when you think about those names that you're going to have coming every single night. So I, I think Duffy is going to be huge out of the 10 for the Royals this year. I see a lot of parallels between him and Jeremy Affelt with making that switch after struggling to go innings. Of course, Affelt had the blister problem at that mm-hmm. point in his career. Duffy, not so much that. It had, the, of course, the elbow issue, and some of it's more of control, maybe maybe in his brain at times. But, you know, I see a lot of parallels. And there's no reason Duffy can't have a nice, long, Jeremy Affelt-type successful career out of the bullpen. Uh, and I like him out there. The other two guys that we'll see out there, uh, Dylan G, obviously, and uh, Chen Ming Wong, Jake, a guy that I guess 
where I mean, the velocity. I know you were had a chance to talk to some people out there more about his Florida experience as well, but he built the arm strength back up and what ninety four and ninety two and the, the ball sinking a lot. I mean, is this guy is this legit? Is this is this our Ryan Matson slash Joe Blanton is, you know slash Chris Young almost? Is this one of those guys you bring up and no one expected and turns into a key cog this year? I think so. It's incredible what's happened with you know as far as what happened in the last year. I mean, his velocity now he's hitting 94, even 95 sometimes in the gun, and he's um, I, I think he's a guy. Yeah, you, I don't know as his roll out of the pen, whatever he ends up doing this year, it's going to be. He, he's a guy who can you know give you some innings, and um, as far as is a long reliever, and he's got some really nasty stuff. I mean, he's a sinker ball pitcher. He's got he gets ground balls like crazy. And um, he's a guy who, yeah, I think he's going to have a huge impact on this team. And he's been really, really impressive this spring. The only thing that may annoy you is how long it takes for him to get to the plate when he's in the lineup because it is a very, very slow motion. But, um, but I assume that's probably tough for the hitters as well. Yeah, I mean, we heard what uh, what it was Brad Ausmus last year, right? Whining about Johnny Cueto, how technically he was coming to a complete stop, and it shouldn't be a legal pitch because you have to be moving. You know, I, I, watching Wong, it seems like you know it's borderline there as well. So we'll see how many teams whine, if any. But you know, some kind of funny to think about. Now, the one thing with this team, Jake, when, when you look at the starting pitching, to me. I am not sold at all on the starting pitching. And, and this is, to me, the one potential Achilles heel that this Royals team could have, especially if the injury bug happens to a couple guys in particular. I think you go through this rotation, Jake. Well, the one thing, first of all, that jumps out to me was last year, in the American League alone, the Royals were 12th in rotation ERA. The Royals had a 4.34 rotation ERA last year, 12th in the American League. So not even an average rotation last year. Um, now, you do add Ian Kennedy. However, he did allow 31 home runs last year in what is considered a fairly, actually, pitcher-friendly mm-hmm. park. A lot of people say, you used, you used to hear the opposite. Oh, it's a home run, but not really. I mean, it's really a pretty pretty fair, kind of like the K, pretty good place for pitchers. Now, I do know he had a horrible outfield defense behind him last year, uh, did Kennedy. And, and you look at the numbers last year, he's 31 years old. Um, you know, 4.28 last year, did have the hamstring issues. I mean, you you bring him in, betting he's going to give you the 200 innings of upper three, low four ERA. And Edison Volquez, you know, obviously has been a fantastic addition and a great story, especially during the postseason. He'll get the, get the ball there, get the pill on Sunday night. The velocity is always kind of been there, but especially come on lately, Jake. For the first time in his career, he hit 200 innings. How will he come back? Bounce back from all those innings, and will the velocity still be there? Ventura, we saw it get lit up like a Christmas tree with ten earned runs the other night. Um, you know, the, it, there's always the head question there. Physically, is there cramps? You know, is, is the violent, mm-hmm. violent uh, motion and all the velocity out of that skinny frame going to come back? And then Medlin's been getting hit hard again. It's only spring, and I'm, I'm not really too concerned about any of this. I'm just pointing it out. And uh, you know, Chris Young. You know, can he give us, can he give the Royals 150, 160 innings out of the rotation if he's in there the whole season? Can he pitch the whole season healthy 
because that's what's kind of been his Achilles heel and why he hasn't gotten paid more the last few years because he really, his numbers deserve a lot more money than he's gotten, but it's the whole durability issue and his age. And I guess the good thing, Jake, is you do have reinforcement there. We mentioned G and Wong already, but you've got Danny Duffy and in the second half of the year, Mike Miner could obviously be a huge deal, almost like a, a trade deadline addition. The second half of the year, there's always a slight chance Jason Vargas comes back, although I doubt it. I think the Royals are counting on that insurance money. And you know, all is a chance potentially that Kyle Zimmer comes out of witness protection and stays healthy for a year. I have not sold on Miguel Almonte at this point. I mean, so the good thing is Royals do have some potentials. They don't have a lot in the, in the farm system to trade either, in my opinion. I, I don't want to see the Royals have to make too many big moves this year because you really only have three, four high-end prospects left. So when you look at the, at, at the rotation, Jake, I mean, 4-3-4 last year, 12th in the American League. Tell me why I shouldn't be concerned. Tell me why I'm overreacting a little bit thinking bad right now. Well, there's there's reason to be concerned, and you know that it's not hasn't been a good spring for Royal starters, and there's a lot of questions surrounding each one, and that's that's kind of the reason to worry there. But I think um, I think you've got to hope that Volquez can not necessarily repeat the season he had last year, but again, just have a solid season, you know, and um, hopefully the velocity will stay there with him. I, I think with Ventura, I think I think that Jordana Ventura is still going to have a good season. I know he had he just got tore apart the other night, you know, and it was by minor leaguers too, who were just uh, it, it was not a good outing for Ventura. But you know, he's been fighting the flu over the last couple of weeks. I think once he gets settled, and I think he could still have a solid season. You know, there's a lot of ifs, but um, as long as Ian Kennedy is healthy, he will pitch 200 innings for this team. I think, and you know, there's. I think as long as he has a similar year to last year, we'll be just fine. We just need him to eat innings. Um, as far as Chris Medlin, you kind of wonder what you're going to get out of him. You know, he's spring. He's said he's just been working on stuff. He doesn't seem worried at all about the home runs he's given up this spring. I'm not worried about him either. You know, I liked what I saw from Medlin last year towards the end of the year. I think he could be solid. And then with Chris Young, you kind of, you know, if he's your five-star, you kind of don't know what you're going to get some nights this spring he's been on striking out people like crazy and some nights he's you know it's been home run derby out there in, in Arizona so it, it's it's there are question marks with each guy which is a reason to con- be concerned but um I, I think that I think you're going to see your Ventura come into you know maybe have his best e- e- season yet as far as a starter and um, I think as long as you get innings out of Volquez and Kennedy and just enough from Medlin and Young you can have a pretty solid season for whatever reason Jake and I know all the other metrics you look at stats you look at you know comparing him to other pitchers from his age and and with his experience level and i get you know the the eye test and the, the stuff i mean ventura has all of the makings of a top of the rotation number 1 or number 2 starter for, for whatever reason I just have never seen it. I just, I've just i never felt it in my gut. I've, I've never looked at him and said, that guy is going to take the ball every five days and shut him down and, and be consistent. I, I don't know if it's maybe the attitude from time to time, Jake, mm-hmm. if it's if it's just the antics. I don't know if it's – I don't know if I just feel like he the stuff's not sustainable because of his build. And I, and I don't know. Maybe I'm just a hater there. I just For whatever reason, I've never been a huge believer there. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, could this be the year? I mean, do you see Ventura still as a one or a two, or is he more of a, a three-two? Um, right now, I would say more than a 3-2, but I think he definitely still has, obviously has the potential to be a 1-2, and it could happen this season. Um, I, you know, with him, it's not, his stuff is there this spring. It's just, you know, a matter of location with him. I just think he still gets too amped up at times, and, um, he, you know, he just needs to focus on locating the ball. He's got, you know, a disgusting curveball when he's, when he's on, and as far as, you know, he's got three great pitches, he's just, 
got to, to be consistent, consistently locate those pitches, and that's, you know, he's going to be dominant if he can do that. I think it's just a matter of him, you know, settling in and uh, really just building some confidence. I think he needs to, you know, he's the type of guy I think just lives off of that confidence thing. If he can get off to a hot, hot start this year, have a good first outing, you know, that could take him a long way throughout the season. Well, we shall see. Now, I guess in closing here, we'll go over, and when I say closing, we probably have 10 minutes left here, knowing how you and I talk. But, uh, you know, our last <laughs> section here is our we have five different awards, I guess, or five different categories that I would like to get your choice and my choice. And okay. I'll let you start with the first answer on this one. We will begin with position player of the year, Jake. And think about this for a second. If you had to pick one of the regulars – in this lineup, who do you see having the biggest year, position player of the year for the 2016 Royals? I'm going to go with Eric Hosmer for my position player of the year, just because I think this guy, this is a big year for him, and I, I think he's, he's locked in this spring. I mean, you, you see him at the play, you see him in the field right now. He's just, you know, balls jumping off his bat. You know, it reminds me of, you know, he's been, he's obviously he's been very consistent over the years, but it reminds me almost of like back his first year when he first came up and the way the ball was just jumping off his bat. I remember when they first called him up, everything was a line drive. That's what it looked like down, in, you know, down here in Surprise. He's had a great spring, and I think he's just due for a, you know, I think he's due for a huge breakout year. You know what's funny is I've got him also, so I'm I'm 100 with you on Eric Hosmer as the position player of the year. I'm going to save my Hosmer talk for the last award here in a little bit. I've got him in an, another one. There's a spoiler alert for you that we'll talk about here in a little bit. So we'll All right. agree on that one. Now, pitcher of the year, I will take – think about that for a second, Jake. I will take Ian Kennedy as pitcher of the year. Like I said, he is 31 years old. Um, Royals, obviously, according to everyone and their dog, overpaid for him, you know, going north of 70 with the fifth year. And, you know, he does have the opt-out possibly, but, you know, be doubtful if he pitches well enough to be able to exercise that. But, I mean, hopefully he does. But 31-year-old right-hander, you know, honestly, Jake, he was – pretty bad last year let's be 100 percent honest you he did he did have the hamstring issues that he lost some time and never quite got his legs under him really literally um you know records are obviously like the 15th most important stat for a starter but 9 and 15 is never a good look uh did have a horrible outfield defense behind him um that james shields is convinced you know what's funny jake is talking to some of the pitchers getting to know jeremy guthrie really well and james shields they told me before that they think when they they honestly believe that the royals defense saves them 0.5 to 0.75 on the era and i know a lot of people say oh era is outdated too that's like the ninth most important pitching stat but i'm still an era guy i mean it, you know you, you you know i'm not smart enough for the rest of the stuff but I right mean, no, the, i can believe that yeah those other <laughs> the, the, the guthrie and shields believe it's 0.5 to 0.75 so i know uh, james has been raving about the royals defense to ian which is a big portion of the reason he came over to KC. Obviously, the Royals gave him the most money, so that's the main reason. But, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like, you know, 168 and a third last year, 428. You know, will he be that guy, Jake, or will he be the guy who threw, back in 2014, he threw 201 innings of 363. And again, it's the National League, so you almost have to add, you know, 0. .3, 0. .4, which is still not great. You know, it's like a 4-0 guy in the American League. But, you know, could he maybe channel some of the 2011? And that's been five years ago. You know, just because I was sleeping with a perfect ten blonde and five years ago doesn't mean I could now. That's my that's my argument. I'm not saying it's going to happen again. But in 2011, as a 26 year old, 21 and four with a 288 in 222 innings. So Jake, I'm going to call him pitcher of the year because I see somewhere in between last year and where I was in 2014. I'm going to, I'm going to say you know 15 wins. 
know, we'll say right at maybe slightly, maybe 195 to 200 innings, and, and I'm seeing something like a 3.80 for him this year. I'm thinking he's going to be, you know, I guess kind of similar to what a Volquez has been uh, for you, you know, kind of similar. You know, your thoughts. I mean, well, I guess not your thoughts on that. I guess now it's your you're, you're turn to pick your thing. So I don't, unless you have Kennedy too, who do you have pitcher of the year? I don't have Kennedy, but that, that will definitely be a good sign, I think, if he's our pitcher of the year. But I, I'm going with Edinson Volquez. Really? And, you know, I would have probably named him our pitcher of the year last year as well. But I just have this feeling that he's going to kind of pick off, pick up right where he left off last year. I mean, he had a good spring training for pretty much the first time in his career. He's always said he's been really bad. He's had a solid spring. You know, the velocity is up. And um, just his story, Just he's just a very likable guy in this clubhouse and just a leader on this team. And just he was so good last year. I don't see any reason. You know, maybe the 200 from last year could affect him. But, um, you know, as long as he stays healthy, I think he's going to be solid and, you know, anchor this rotation again this year. Man, would it be a, a great sign if either of our guys, you know, let alone both, have those kind of years. I, I You know, yeah, that's – yeah, with Volquez, it's interesting to see what's going to happen with him um, in particular. This, this rotation, Jake, I don't know. I'm just kind of – not totally sure what to think of everything. Uh, getting to our next category here, which is most improved player. So most improved player on this team. I have a feeling you might choose the same guy. Is yours Omar Infante like me? It is not, no. Oh, well, then I'll start with Infante then. <laughs> Infante, now a guy who is healthy by all accounts, as much so as he's been since arriving in KC. I mean, a guy that we saw back in 2013 before the Royals got him, you know, 795 OPS back in 2013 with 10 and 51. You know, then 2014, 6 and 66, which that part's not bad for a middle infielder, but the 632 OPS is obviously not good at all. Not, you know, bad. And then awful, like the worst everyday player last year at the 552 OPS with just 2 and 44. And, And some people might say, well, you know, the power numbers, he didn't play that many games last year, David. Well, actually, he did. He played more games last year, 124, than he did back in 2013. He played 118 games back when he hit the 10-51 and 51, uh, with the 795. So even less games, you know, last year than that really good year he had a few years ago that got him the four-year deal with the Royals. And by the way, one other thing I wanted to say about Volquez a second ago, um, you know, pitching for a contract year for him, too, will be interesting because I see no possible mm-hmm. way, no Definitely. possible way with, with Minor being signed for a couple years and you've already got Ventura inked for a while, you've got Kennedy inked for a while, you're counting on Almonte, Zimmer, you know, you've got some of these other guys. I, no possible way I see Volquez back. But anyway, back to Infante, uh, most improved player. I, I'm Jake, I'm hoping for like a 670 OPS, which is not good. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not predicting like a good, good year out of Infante, but like you said, he does bring a lot to the table defensively, a much better defensive player than Ben Zobrist, and that's not to hate on Zobrist. I'd much rather have Zobrist any day of the week, obviously, because of what he brings offensively. <laughs> but de- right. defensively, Infante is going to give the defense. Him and, him and Escobar work great together. And like I always say, you always hear Shields get the, get the, uh, the credit for working with this you know, young Royals rotation, or not so much the rotation, but the young team and making the difference and getting all the credit. And some people think he should be in the Royals Hall of Fame because of that. Well, Omar Infante gets no credit for what he has done with Alcides Escobar, who will give Omar a huge part of the credit for turning him into a professional and helping him grow as a man off the field as well. So just want to give Omar a little shot there. And again, I don't see, I'm not saying he's going to have a good offensive season, Jake, but I certainly think it's going to be a lot better than 552 last year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's really, really only, he only can go up from here. And um, I, I think that's a great pick right there. And, you know, hopefully, if Omar can just, yeah, you know, do his part, he's going to be great defensively, I think, at second. Anything we can get from him at the plate, I'm, I'm going to be happy with this year. 
And obviously he won't – I would be surprised if he's here the whole season if he struggles too much. Although I do think he could serve a, a pretty important role as a utility guy and, and a mentor to Escobar, although Escobar doesn't really probably need a mentor at this point of his career. He's matured enough and is now becoming a veteran player himself. But Infante, a guy I see probably, you know, if he struggles again this year, his starting days are definitely over. Potentially they could waive him, but they're already paying him next year, so I see him this year. Maybe they release him in spring training of next year if he's not going to be a starter. But I used to see him as a, hopefully a key cog this year up the middle. Now, who's your pick for most improved? Um, you know, this sounds kind of strange, but I'm going with Jordana Ventura. Wow. Okay. Because you know, you know, if you think about what he did last year, it, it was it was not a good year for him. And um, I just think that I'm not saying he's going to turn into an ace this year, but I think that we're going to finally see kind of what we were expecting at the start of last year. You know, last year I picked him to be my pitcher of the year, and obviously that did not did not go the way that I thought it would for him. But you know, I think he'll. I think he's just. He's won a championship now. He's been part of a championship team. And now I think it's time for him to mature. And I, I think it's going to be – I just think he's going to have a solid season. I don't know what it is, but I think that he could return kind of the form of we saw him from two years ago and uh, start to become that pitcher we all hoped he would be. How about he channels some of that Game 6 of the 2014 World Series again? Mm-hmm. How about some of that, Jake? That's what I'd like to see. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Now, the next category, we got two left here. Most impactful rookie and biggest bold prediction are our two left, Jake. I will start with most impactful rookie because this is kind of a random thing to ask. And this is, you, you might think, you might be thinking of rookies right now and saying, well, who's down in the minor leagues? Well, I'm going with a guy on the big league roster, Raymond Fuentes, who technically is still a rookie. Only 23 games of major league experience for Fuentes with the, uh, I almost said Chargers, man, with the Padres back in 2013. <laughs> and Fuentes went five for 33 with San Diego back in 2013. But I mean, a guy who, Let's talk a little bit more about him. This is interesting to me. A first-round selection of Boston back in 09. It seems like he's been given up on very easily. He's still only 25, barely, just turned 25, 25 years old. First-rounder in 09 for Fuentes. Spent last year in Omaha. A lot of people don't realize he was actually up in KC for a four-game series last year. Did not get in the game last year, but was actually in the big leagues for a little bit last year. Um, As far as Omaha last year, you know, not a lot of power, but, you know, got on base, 360. 422, 781 was the OPS. So, you know, good. I mean, it is the Pacific Coast League, so it's not, you know, burning the roof off the place. But nine home runs, 46 RBIs, 29 bags out of 35 attempts. I've heard some people compare him to Raul Abanez, which I think is not accurate at all. I don't I don't see any of that. I mean, let's, let's calm down a little bit. He's having a great spring. Um, but a guy that had a nice year at Omaha, a good year at Omaha, but it's not like he was a Pacific Coast League MVP, and even if he was, we've seen guys like that before, you know, going back to the cranked home runs that did nothing in their careers. I'm not saying that. I think Fuentes will have a nice major league career. To me, Jake, we talk about the mysterious, you know, mysterious teams in the Central. We had a couple of them. He's kind of a mysterious player because, let's be real, let's be real he's kind of a darling right now. He's the backup quarterback right now because everyone else is set. You know what you have everywhere else. Uh, you know, you don't know how long Dyson will be out. Um, will he have setbacks? You don't know that. And how will Fuentes do? He's probably not going to get a real long look, you know. And, and Orlando could certainly still end up starting. We could all be speculating and be wrong on this. I, I think, to me, he's probably your opening day right fielder. To me, Fuentes will probably get to play two out of three games, if not more, until Dyson's back mid to late April. But, I mean, that to me is the guy that I'm really excited and intrigued about, Jake. I don't see a Raul Abanez, though. I, I see a guy who's uh, having a nice career as a fourth outfielder. 
Um, you know who he, his stance kind of reminds me of? N- not totally, but I see a little bit of Tom Goodwin. Not quite as open, but a little mm-hmm. bit of the same style of, of, of stuff. Not as fast, obviously. So not a great comparison, just looking at stance-wise and who he reminds me of from the eyes. Now, most impactful rookie. Are you, are you going Fuentes or do you have somebody else? I did have Fuentes, yeah. I've been, just, I've, I've been so impressed by him this spring since I've been down here. And just, you know, I, I really just like what he's doing at the plate. He has really simple mechanics. And um, he gets the ball to all the fields, and he just seems like a guy who can, I mean, at least this spring, he's come up in the clutch pretty much every time he's had the chance. And uh, he's just a guy whose style of play fits the Royals so well. You know, it kind of reminds me of, you know, how we were thinking of Paulo Orlando last year mm-hmm. at this time. Although, you know, Fuente's a little bit younger than Orlando, obviously, but um, and is a former first-round pick. But I, I just like everything about the guy, you know. Um, he's decent, you know, he's, he's average defensively, but everything I've seen, he can run. And he just fits in. He, his style of play is perfect for this team. This is the type of ball club he can, you know, really do well with. And I think he's going to fit in well. And I think he's going to he take advantage of the opportunity in the spring. I don't see why he wouldn't take advantage of it here once the season begins. And you've got some other guys that you could honorable mention. I mean, obviously, Kyle Zimmer, we hope will contribute at some point this year. I mean, I guess in a way you'd rather see him come up out of the bullpen because that means he probably pitched the whole year. I don't know. I don't know if he'll be at an innings limit this year. I don't know that he'll stretch him out as much as they could. Hopefully that'll be an issue. Hopefully he stays healthy. But in a perfect world, a guy you don't have to use in the rotation because hopefully guys stay healthy and do their job. But Zimmer could be impactful this year. An outside chance. I'm not right now sold on Miguel Almonte being that close, nor am I that sold on uh, Raul Mondesi being that close. A lot of people seem to think those that Mondesi can almost start in the big leagues, which I don't think is even close to true. I mean, maybe the, the defense. I don't. I don't. But why start the service? Yeah. Why start the clock on him, the service time, when you've got Infante for two more years, and you've got guys like Cologne and Merrifield that could do better offensively and only be a half step below him on defense. So I don't. And those are guys that could potentially, you know, Fuen Moyar. I don't see Balbino getting up here. The great Balbino. I don't see that happening this year, Jake. Who else am I forgetting? Is there? You know. There's some, there's some guys, some potential lefty. You know, there's some guys that they like a lot. I mean, Alec Mills is too far away. He's on the 40. Matt Strom, a guy they like a lot, the lefty. I mean, is there anybody else you would put honorable mention? Um, no, I think you pretty much covered it there. Yeah, guys like guys like Bubba Starling and, and Mondesi, they're both, they both are ready at the major league level as far as defensively, but they're, they're not ready as hitters yet. That's kind of what I noticed also here in Arizona is Mondesi is – he's – that guy is incredible with the glove, by right, the way. Right, right. Uh, for a 20-year-old kid, but he's too. got a lot of work to do at the plate. Yeah, the bat you can knock the bat out of his hands. And, I mean, obviously – a couple other guys I like a lot. You know, a guy who I'd really, speaking of injury prone, the, the, kind of the offensive version of Zimmer would be Brett Eibner, although he's not at the moment, you know, occupying a spot in the 40. A guy that mashed the ball at Omaha. So if you want to talk about power, mm-hmm. had a great year last year. Not the 40, though. And, of course, we talked about Witt earlier. I'm a big Witt fan. Uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, will he make his major league debut this year? You know, good chance. I don't know that he'll be impactful necessarily. That's probably a bad sign if he's very impactful about where this team goes. Jake, last thing for you. We, we're over an hour now, by the way. I think I maybe even surpassed last year. I'm impressed. Uh, That's the record right there. Yeah, I wonder, if, I wonder if anybody is still listening right now, Jake. <laughs> uh, our, our last one, and I'm going to start off. I already gave it away earlier. Big, or not, didn't give away the, the prediction, but gave away the guy. I said Eric Hosmer for one more. So biggest bold prediction. We're going to step out and, and kind of, you know, step out and kind of just make a prediction and people might say, really? Are you kidding? 30 home runs, Eric Hosmer. I'm going to call 30 home runs this year for Eric Hosmer. He had 18 last year, only 9 in 2014, 17 and 13 
did hit 14 and 12. And like you mentioned, Jake, that rookie year, and I'm glad you pointed that out, when he was just 21 years old, he came up in 2011, appeared in 128 games back in 11, and did hit 19 home runs. So the most home runs of his career was actually his rookie year at 21. He hit 19. Who can forget that first one at Yankee Stadium and seeing his family so excited? I mean, a guy who's yet to hit 20, Jake, so maybe maybe baby steps is better and I shouldn't be calling for 30. And I'm also the guy who two years ago bought a, a ticket at the sports book in Vegas on like 250 to 1 odds and Eric Cosmer winning the home run title and that's the year he hit nines <laughs> so you know that didn't turn out so well but uh you know I don't know Jake I, I, I you mentioned him earlier hitting the ball all over the field line drives comfortable he's he's getting to know all the pitching he's a veteran player now he's got two more years till he's a free agent this is his peak year I mean this is the time this is peak years we, we mentioned the ceiling that are left in guys like him and Moose these guys are in their peak years I mean you even look at some of the pitchers you got Duffy it's put up or shut up time for guys like him it's put up or shut up how much more will we get out of Kane uh, how much more is left in Escobar, Perez? These guys are all, it's exciting. They're all entering their primes, and, you know, and, and there's still some ceiling left on these guys. And I, I, I just see 30 home runs out of Hosmer. Am I, am I smoking some stuff here, Jake? Is maybe 25 a little more reasonable? Am I taking it a little too far? Um, I, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, obviously, we're playing a huge ballpark, but I think 25 is definitely possible. He could do 30. He's, I think this is going to be the year that we just are like, just wowed by this guy. I mean, he's, He's been solid, you know, every year for us so far. But I think this is the year for Hosmer. You know, he's he is uh, he looks as good as he ever has down here in, in Arizona, and um, I just I just think he's going to be a superstar this year. I, I absolutely agree with you. All right, and who do you have for biggest bold prediction? My okay, you, you may like this one, but I think that Alex Gordon is going to have the best year of his career. Really, at age thirty-two. 32. And, you know, I don't have exact numbers on what I think he's going to hit, but I think he could hit, you know, maybe two, between 280 and 290, and I think he's going to hit over 20 homers. And he's going to draw the walks. He could hit 25 homers. If he's hitting 290, you know he's going to be, three, what, 370? I mean, at 360, he's going to be a guy that's going to walk a lot, um, hit those gaps. Really? So you're saying 20 home runs, and you're saying a guy that's going to be patient up there. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean – the one, you know, 32 years old, like you said, but, you know, people – and, Jake, let's talk about something. I think you and I have talked about this, uh, you know, I'm not in the air, but you and I have both talked about how we're annoyed because I keep hearing Royals fans say, oh, well, why are they giving four years to a guy who's going to be playing first base in 2018? He won't even be able to play the outfield in three more years. I mean, how do you know that the guy should have won the gold glove again last year? How many in a row is that? And, I, I mean – uh, yeah, yeah the, the groin injury is a little concerning, and I, the other night I did see him kind of – not make that play you mentioned the minor league game where he there was a play that he would have made i'm assuming maybe he didn't want to go max there was, you remember the play the, the foul ball jake that landed foul just out of his reach that he didn't get a great read yeah. and didn't appear it just looked awkward when he was like either he was trying to not get hurt or he didn't read it right or he didn't want to you know dive in an exhibition it didn't look great so that that's just something i noted i don't think it's a big deal but i mean you i guess Number one, I like the pick. Number two, you agree with me that this talk of him going to first base, you know, the last two years of his deal seems way obviously no, premature. No. But second of all, Jake, he's thirty-two, but his body's twenty-eight. Absolutely, yeah, he's in as good a shape as anybody on the entire team, and he's a thirty-two-year-old man. I mean, he's he's in incredible shape, and yeah, that, that ball the other night, I, I noticed the same thing as you. I think it was more of just uh, I don't want to get hurt and slide into the wall here. It was almost like he didn't. I felt like he almost didn't realize how he was not. I think he thought he was closer to the wall than he actually was on that. But regardless, it's spring training. Nobody, you don't want to dive and get injured in a game that doesn't count. So, you know, I think he's going to be playing left field every for the next four years, definitely here, and uh, at a Gold Glove level. 
And I think just, I don't know, he's looked solid in the spring. I kind of love his new, you know, he's come back to that upright stance. I think it's going to provide more power for him. And I, I just think that now that he's, you know, everything's settled, he can relax. I think he's going to be a lot more relaxed now that, you know, he's here in KC to stay. And I think that's going to provide a huge year for him. Man, that would be a huge boost if he's the, you know, kind of the, the, the I don't know, the biggest bull prediction. I guess if, if he kind of has a career year, Jake, that at 32 and you, and you, you know, add in some guys like your Hosmers and Mooses and Canes. Last question before we let people get back to their lives because I know they're just dying to hear our last word. They can't just turn it off right now because they just have to hear everything we say, Jake. But last thing I wanted to ask you, Mike Moustakis, you know, what – what are we expecting? That to me, that's one of offensively one of the biggest. I'm not sure because he had that great start to the year, and I've seen him continue. And you've noted he's continued to take the ball the other way in spring, which is a great sign with authority. And of course, he's mashing the ball in surprise, which is no surprise. He does every year, no pun intended. There, <laughs> yep, every year. <laughs> yeah, but what do we expect out of him, Jake? Because he did struggle a bit there in the middle to later portions of the year after you know being in Fuego at the start. I mean, mm-hmm. wh- what? What kind of line? I mean, where is he at this year? Is he, you know, I, I don't know. What do you think? It, it's tough to say. It's, it's going to be an interesting year for him because, you know, he was so good the first half last year as far you know, hitting the ball the other way and then wasn't nearly as good average-wise the second half of the year but had a little more power. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I think that he's become just a more complete hitter. And I think for him, for him, I think the key is, again, confidence. I think he needs to get off to that hot start again this year. I think, you know, if he gets off to a slow start in April, that he could have a rough year at the plate. But if he gets off to the hot start, if he's, you know, going, taking pitches the other way, beating the ship on the teams that do still do that to him, you know, I think he could have another solid year, very similar to last year. So it's going to be an interesting year. But, you know, if he has a year equivalent to what he did last year, and we've got guys like Hosmer and Gordon having monster years, you know, this lineup, it could be extremely dangerous. And you've got Kendrys Morales playing for a contract. Obviously, that mutual option most likely will not be accepted at, by both parties after this year. So he's him and Volquez probably on their way out. So both playing on contract years, and that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, there's a lot of guys, a lot of capable guys. I really like this Royals lineup a lot. I like Gordon back in the six hole. I just think it's a, it's a solid you know lineup up there. Um, that the Royals put out there. I think it's a top 10 offense. I think it's number one defense, number one bullpen. And the rotation, Jake, again, the one thing I'm worried is going to be more like a 20 to 25 rotation, which, you know, maybe the 20 they can get away with. But if it gets down to 25, it's going to be tough to hold off some of these other teams that we mentioned. But it'll be an interesting year, Jake. Anything else you want to add here in closing so people can get back to their evenings? I know they're just dying and they just can't miss anything we say here. They They couldn't have turned it off whenever they wanted. They have to listen to the end. Anything else you want to add? Um, not really. Just I'm, I'm excited for this to get started. You know, the, the energy down in, here in Surprise this year, it's been like nothing I've ever seen down here before. It's been incredible. The, you know, sellout crowds have been attendance record last week in Surprise at the game. Um, you know, everywhere you go, it's not just the Royals, it's all the fans. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun down here in Arizona, and I think, you know, it's, it's good for the game of baseball. It's, it's huge, and um, I know the team, they're excited, they're ready to get going, and um, I, I can't wait for them to get started this week. Yeah, well, have a safe flight back tomorrow. I know you're just uh, so upset you're missing these exhibition games there at Chase Field, but you know, be back obviously uh, with the team here in KC, and uh, we'll be, you know look forward to all year long uh, the dishes, the post game on you know the majority of games. I will usually be solo, but we'll bring in Jake once a week uh, and get his thoughts throughout the season, and look forward to more current and former interviews. Should be a very fun 2016 season, Jake. I appreciate you uh, you know being willing to go down there. Obviously, not that I had to pull your leg or anything here right now, but you know. <laughs> 
thanks for all your hard work down there, for all the tweets, for all the insight you've provided um, for the fans, and uh, and look forward to having you on throughout the year, and look forward to some Royals baseball. So it should be a good year in the AL Central. It could be baseball's best division this year. Absolutely, yes. I'm excited to get started. Thanks again for having me, Dave.